The Other Side of the News is a current and dynamic companion to augment the discussions from The Other Side of Midnight. We investigate, explore, and extrapolate facts to gain better understanding of current affairs and events, and thus... To bring comfort and calm to our wide international audience. It's a spontaneous commentary... Based on well-verified references vetted through vigilance and discernment. Our desire, desire is to awaken your imagination with questions. Questions that have not been asked, yet need answering. The Other Side of the News is a place where you can come and be with us in community. Learning new things, asking questions, getting compelling answers, and interesting viewpoints. It's about curiosity. We present thought-provoking questions to incite your mind, propelling you to see the world in another way. Propelling you to see the world in another way clear insights and fresh perspectives on global events. Tune in for a balanced view of the other side of the news. Welcome to The Other Side of the News. Our show tonight is The Fraudulent Reserve, and our guest is Clay Clark. Co-hosting with me are Timothy Saunders, Annette Driscoll, and myself, Kinthea. So the world is speeding up and inflation is rising. People all around the world are revolting and leaders are resigning. So I ask you... Where were you on March 9th, 2022? I confess, I was unaware when President Biden signed a death warrant on our American freedoms in a hush ceremony at the White House. Without the approval of the Congress, the states, or the American people. That's right, without our approval. Biden signed into law Executive Order 14067 and buried in this executive order in Section 4 is the most treacherous act by any sitting president in the history of our republic. It all spins around this money question, doesn't it? That's the way the dark forces expect to control us. Tonight, we're pleased to bring back Clay Clark, founder of Thrive15.com, the world's premier online education platform that helps entrepreneurs, aspiring entrepreneurs, and intrapreneurs achieve success beyond their wildest dreams. Voted Entrepreneur of the Year, his watchful eye on the economics of our country and his desire for us to prosper makes him particularly suited to speak on our topic tonight. In addition, Clay's love of America and our inalienable rights to freedom drove him to organize the Reawaken America Tour, bringing together powerful speakers like Robert F. Kennedy Jr., General Flynn, Eric Trump, Dr. Vladimir Zelenko, and Judy Mikovits to break the spell of censorship and to speak the truth 
about the hidden agenda to undermine our freedoms and way of life. It's a real pleasure to have you join us on the other side of the news, Clay. Welcome, welcome. Hey, thank you so much for carving out time to allow me to be here with you. So, Clay, as a businessman, I imagine you're watching closely the direction that our country is going in regards to inflation and interest rates and all those factors that impact our daily lives. I find this all to be so disturbing. Inflation's out of control. The 2020 election is still under investigation. New whistleblowers are coming forward every day. And oh my gosh, the Hunter Biden laptop. Well, that's a total fiasco. Let's face it. The corruption of our leaders, policymakers and judges is out of control. The corruption has its tentacles deep in every organization, every department. Who can we possibly trust? How do you see it, Clay? Well, we, we uh, I know that uh, President Donald J. Trump uh, was uh, is certainly a, a smart individual. And I know, you know, on the Reawaken America tour, I mean, we have what uh, the seven uh, people closest to him. You have uh, Peter, uh, you know, you have a. Uh, uh, Let's go with uh, Peter Navarro, Trump's right-hand man in office. Peter's, you know, with us on the tour. Um, General Flynn is on the tour. Uh, Eric Trump's on the tour. Cash Patel's on the tour. And I would just say that the research that Cash Patel's been putting out, his information and his research about uh, the the Durham report, um, would would indicate in, in that that Durham, uh, John Durham, the special investigator, John Durham, is uh, continuing to pursue um, the investigations of those uh, most corrupt individuals. So I would I would hope that. Um, the Durham investigation will lead into some arrests uh, and, and, you know, actually people being indicted. Uh, but that's yet to be seen. But it would appear as though the Durham investigations are still uh, happening um, aggressively and, and hopefully we'll see some arrests. Well, it feels to me like it's imminent. Everything I'm hearing and the events that are occurring convince me that change is upon us. There's a lot of people out there saying that devolution is a top-secret backup plan for the continuity of government that would come into play in case of a national emergency. You know, if our government were breaking down, it was President Eisenhower who first came up with this concept. During the Cold War, there was the threat of nuclear attack, and he wanted to be ready just in case a city or important government agency was bombed and they needed to keep functioning. What would you say about devolution? Well, I mean, I, you know, what you're, um, I never want to comment out of turn on, on something that maybe I don't know um, factually to be accurate or not. I, I can say that you know, Cash Patel talks to President Trump every day. Um, he's very optimistic about the future of the nation. I know uh, Eric Trump speaks to the president every day, and he's very optimistic about the future of the nation. I know Peter Navarro. These are all, I would say they're they're urgently focused on action. Uh, they're optimistic that the American people can turn this around. Um, but a lot of what I hear from Peter Navarro, General Flynn, Cash Patel, Eric Trump, and um, you know Mike Lindell is that the, the American people are the plan. 
and that in order for the American people to uh, restore, in order for us to in, continue to enjoy our freedoms, we have to get out there and vote and we have to get out there and get involved. And so I hope there's a plan that's occurring behind the scenes that I can't speak of. But I don't I don't know from direct uh, anything I've been able to see that what you're saying in terms of devolution is or is not happening. Hmm. Well, some say that President Trump has used his executive powers to create a special task force involving even Space Force to monitor activities with the power to take over running various government departments and agencies if our government has been compromised by foreign powers. Are your sources telling you anything about that? What you're saying that I can uh, that I can state that yes, I have seen documentation that would indicate that President Donald J. Trump did um, think ahead and did uh, look for a way to uh, keep continuity of government in the event of his. Um, in the event of, of the attack of the deep state. However, I can say this, I know a lot of people in the military, a lot, a lot. And I can say that the military has essentially removed everybody from the military who's not taken the RNA modifying nanotechnology shots. So oh my don't know about um, there being a plan that I don't know about. All I know is that the brave men and women who did not want to take the RNA modifying nanotechnology shots have by and large uh, disappeared from our military. And that is not a good thing. Well, what I was hearing was that there is like a backup military, like there's there's a backup for all the um, positions in the government if there was a threat. And you're saying now that everyone who has not taken that shot has been removed from the military? The vast majority of the people that I have spoken to who actually serve in the military have. Um, and again, I, I talk to people every single day who are in the military. And so I'm not I can't speak to every single person. I don't know every single person. But, you know, as an example, uh, one, one, one of our listeners, I spoke to him very, um, you know, I mean, I could verify who he is. And I looked him up and um, he's in the Coast Guard. And he said in the Coast Guard, he's the only person in his particular division that hasn't taken the shots. And he's being forced out of the military. I know I've talked to people in, in the Army who've been forced out for not taking the shots. So I, I can say that. Uh, you know, um, we're in a dangerous spot as a country, and I hope there is a plan that's occurring somewhere. So you're in conversation with these military officials. You know, what is General Flynn and the others? What are they saying about the situation? Well, I, I'm in, I'm in uh, you know, touch with members of the military, you know, actual people in the military, not necessarily leaders, but people in the military. And uh, they are, I mean, they're, they're, these are people that have le- had to leave the military because they didn't want to take the RNA modifying nanotechnology shots inside their body. Um, I, and I know that General Flynn as well is, is, is very, very concerned about this. I mean, this is, um, you know, I mean, you talk about these RNA modifying nanotechnology shots. They, uh, these shots are causing all sorts of side effects. And the vast majority of the military has these shots in their body. Well, that certainly puts us in a weakened position, and we're just ideal targets for China if they've been infiltrating us. I understand that there's a Chinese defector named Dong, D-O-N-G, that defected and brought with him, well, so they say, brought with him lots of intel, and that that was going to be used, hopefully, to expose the attempts of China to infiltrate and take over our government. Well, I hope that is the case. I mean, wouldn't that be great? You know, so I, I'm not um, 
you know, rooting against our country in any way, shape or form. I mean, I want America to win. Um, I can just say right now we, we are in a, t- a place in space right now where, you know, as an example, Biden signed executive order. This is not a, a theory here. Um, Biden has signed executive order one four zero six seven executive order one four zero six seven that definitely does uh, move us into a programmable currency. And I don't know that a lot of people know what a programmable currency is, but we do definitely we definitely do not want to have a programmable currency in America. That's a currency where you can turn it on or off. Yeah. Would you expand a little on that for those who don't know? Yeah, let me hit play on this real quick. I have a brief uh, okay. sound I want to play. Now, this audio I'm going to play, I'll kind of explain to you uh, who's featured in these audio clips. Let me hit play here. Okay. Where were you on March 9th, 2022, when President Biden signed the death warrant on American freedom? On that day, in a hushed ceremony at the White House, without the approval of Congress, the states, or the American people, Biden signed into law Executive Order 14067. Buried in his order are a few paragraphs titled Section 4. The language in Section 4 makes Order 14067 the most treacherous act by a sitting president in the history of our republic. There are two videos. This is Catherine Austin Fitz speaking here. She's a former uh, public official who served as the managing director uh, and uh, as the managing director of Dylan Reed and Co. She also served underneath George H.W. Bush um, during his presidency. I'm not a big fan of George H.W. Bush, but I'm just telling her background. This is Catherine Austin Fitz. I really want your audience to watch. One is a 56 second video of the BIS general manor, manager, Augustine Karstens, in October 2020, explaining that with CBDC, they will have central control to set the rules and enforce them centrally. Part our analysis on CBDC, in particular for the use of general to the general use, uh, we tend to establish the equivalence with cash. Uh, there's a huge difference there. Uh, for example, in cash, uh, we don't know, for example, who's using a $100 bill today. We don't know who is using a 1,000 peso bill today. Uh, the key difference in, with the CBDC is that central bank will have absolute control on the rules and regulations that will determine the use of that uh, expression of central bank liability. And also, we will have the technology to enforce that. Those are those two issues are extremely important, and that makes a huge difference with respect to what she, to what cash is. Okay, so that would be right there the International Bank of Settlements, the International uh, Bank of Settlements. Okay, this is this is their their Bank of International Settlements. Um, this would be Augustine Karstens, and he just stated how this technology works. Now listen to Catherine Austin. Go ahead and clarify some more details. It's the only time in my life I've ever seen a central banker be 100% honest. Uh, It's quite remarkable. They're trying to put into place a digital transaction control grid, which will tell you what you can do with your money, when you can do it, where you can go. If they don't want you to be able to use your money more than five miles from your home, that's it. Your money will turn off five miles from your home. Once they get the system into place, 
it won't even be I, I believe it won't even be your national central bank that will control. It will be the Bank of International Settlements. Inflation. 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 And so inflation is being used to devalue and to destroy the, the value of the U.S. dollar right now. So we're seeing this all as a stage be set for the Great Reset. And either A, we're going to have a great reawakening or B, we're going to have a great reset. And I, I hope that we can stop this uh, great reset. And I really do hope there is a plan happening behind the scenes that maybe I'm not super aware of. Well, it's really shocking to me that you say that Biden could sign this without even Congress knowing and that we're all supposed to be under that executive order. That's shocking. Yeah, well, you know, right now, I mean, you think about it right now, and this is not my opinion, but right now in our country, I mean, we are in a time and split space where whether we agree with Joe Biden being the president or not, he is printing money and he is destroying the value of the dollar. And we are seeing shelves becoming bare, you know, and so Biden is doing something. I'm not saying that he has the authority to do it or that I agree with him, but it's happening. And uh, I just I, I really do hope that there is some sort of plan behind the scenes that's taking place. Be that it's, it's, you know, it's pro-America, pro-liberty, pro-sovereignty, because what is actually happening behind the scenes right now is is uh, um, I hope it's positive because what you can see this executive order one four zero six seven. It goes in on December 13th of 2022. It goes into effect on December 13th of 2022. So does that mean all fiat currency is going to be gone? We're just going to have digital currency? Uh, if you read the language in Section 4 of Executive Order 14067, it indicates that we would be moving into a 100% uh, digital currency on December 13th of 2022. That's what that indicates, yes. Oh, my gosh. Well, what can stop him? Well, uh, A, you, you hope that something like devolution is occurring. Uh, B, I think most people have no idea this is happening. You know, that's why we shows like yours are so essential. I mean, people need to go to rumble.com tonight and search for executive order 14067. Everybody needs to do it. I mean, you need to go up there. You need to read it yourself. You need to go to rumble.com, look for, look for executive order 14067 and read it yourself. And so far, Everybody I've met who um, hears about Executive Order 14067 is not a big fan of it. You know, people are not excited about this. Just most people don't know it exists. No, I, I hadn't heard of it either. And uh, it's it's even stranger to me because when I see this person that calls himself Biden, he doesn't look anything like the Biden that used to be. There, I don't even think... He's calling the shots. So who's behind him calling the shots? Who's who's really creating that order? You know, if you talk about Biden for a second and we and we, we just look at it from a discerning perspective, we just look at it. Um, Biden, you know, was very much um, a we describe him as a blue eyed man, you know, a blue eyed man. Now, I don't, I'm not sure what he almost looks like. He has like a darkened eyes. And his skin on his face is really tight. Now, it could be cosmetic surgery. I mean, he could be wearing contacts. I, I don't know. I mean, but his behavior is bizarre. Uh, and if you look at his talk the other night, I mean, the, the talk he did. Oh. I call that the red light special. But listen to this talk. I'm just going to play the audio of what Joe mm -hmm. Biden said out loud. Listen, listen to what he said. This is Joe Biden. Here we go. Donald Trump and the MAGA Republicans represent an extremism that threatens the very foundations of our republic. 
Donald Trump and the MAGA Republicans. And that is a threat to this country. MAGA Republicans do not respect the Constitution. They do not believe in the rule of law. They do not recognize the will of the people. They promote authoritarian leaders and they fan the flames of political violence that are a threat to our personal rights, to the pursuit of justice, to the rule of law, to the very soul of this country. Trump and the extreme MAGA Republicans quote a clear and present danger to our democracy. MAGA Republicans have made their choice. They embrace anger. They thrive on chaos. They live not in the light of truth, but in the shadow of lies. The blind loyalty to a single leader and a willingness to engage in political violence. Donald Trump and the MAGA Republicans represented extremism. I mean, he's openly stating this. It's absolutely wild. Right. And he's really talking about himself. I mean, I, it's it's amazing that he could be speaking that way about a majority of Americans. I mean, what is going on? I just, you know what? Anetta has a point here. She wants to jump in. Anetta? Hello. Hello. Hi. Hey, uh, so I uh, actually this is right up my alley, the, the whole devolution and this this order. I, um, yeah. I have been tracking this this guy and it's a short form of this for people that are listening is the CB um, DC. So that's central bank digital currency in the shorthand version. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. Uh, so I wanted to talk about this this little bit about what we can do with it. Um, one thing is, is it's absolutely and an obviously repugnant to the Constitution. Now, I know that a lot of what they're doing, all the censorship and the, the vaccine you know, mandates. I mean, you know, like, let's let's look up what a mandate is, first, first of all. So no one should have been baffled by that. But anyway, the point is, is that um, they're they're trying to enforce something um that is not constitutional. It's repugnant to the Constitution, so it will be reversed. The problem is we have to go through lawfare in order to get there. And uh, so this whole thing about uh, 12, 13, 22, I think um, th this is just an opinion. But I think there's a lot of stuff going behind the, behind the scenes, and I, I could go deeply into why I think that. But what do you think as far as the uh, stopping this in the court system. We know we have this corrupt court system, but then again, we have an, an executive branch that is not um, charged with the duty of, of changing any of these laws, including changing our currency. And by the way, for everyone, the central bank, uh, the fiat currency we have currently is also repugnant to the Constitution. So what do you think about those ideas and what can we do yep. about it and how can we push that? Well, you know, a couple of things here, solutions, um, you know, um, I'll just use an example. You know, the the the, uh, the the former head of security and strategy for Dominion, uh, Eric Coomer, he has decided to sue myself and the Reawaken America Tour for allowing people like Mike Lindell to get up there and share the truth about election fraud. So, so far, I've spent $300,000-ish on legal fees. And uh, and uh, there's nothing that we did that's illegal. We allowed people to share the truth. And it's uh, an event, right? So think about it. You go to an event, like you say you go to a comedy show and Dave Chappelle's there. Well, if Dave Chappelle shares something that you don't agree with or something that, you know, he lampoons society or culture, 
or if if Dane Cook does that or Jim Gaffigan or Jerry Seinfeld, they're allowed to share the truth. It's called freedom of speech. But yet under this scenario, um, the Reawaken America tour, myself, we get attacked, we get sued. And uh, now $300,000 later, we're still in the lawsuit, even though there's no constitutional basis for it. Furthermore, the person who's accusing us of uh, defaming him, Eric Coomer, he openly drove a moving vehicle into a parked building while intoxicated, and he lied to police about it. The police were wearing a body cam. They caught the whole thing on film. And yet this man, who publicly attacked President Trump and Trump supporters on social media, uh, still is allowed to sue people for defamation. So we're living in a very uh, odd time in American history and a time where I really do believe um, we have to get back to uh, the gold standard. We have to get back to the God standard and we have to get back to our Judeo-Christian principles. So I do hope that the wheels of justice do uh, turn out in our favor. And I do um, know that Cash Patel, who is on the Reawaken America tour, has a lot of faith in what John Durham is doing and exposing through his investigation. So I'm going to keep praying for John Durham. I totally agree with you on the John Durham part. I have been banging away about John Durham for years and people think I'm nuts, but I don't think so. Um, actually, it was really interesting what happened with this, this whole Mar-a-Lago thing. I don't really want to go down that rabbit hole right now because it, it, but because uh, we don't have that much time. But there is a lot that's being revealed that uh, shows that this thing might have been a counterintelligence. I, I, I would remove might if it was my opinion. But uh, anyway, that that's very very interesting going on around that. Um, I wanted to also mention about some of the illegal things that. Like like you say, they, they're, they're just running roughshod over people. Today, my good friend here, Kanthea, actually had an, an experience where she was dealing with a tech person. And she was trying to figure out why this website wasn't getting any any uh, traction. And mm -hmm. it turns out that it's a, it's a charitable organization with her uh, organization, Global Peace Media. She has a nonprofit. And it's a... It's a site, it's a, a, a profit that's doing work with indigenous people and suicide. They have very high suicide rates. And it turns out that they have decided on Google that if you use the word suicide in your uh, website somewhere, that it's a, it's a keyword, you cannot use it, um, and that, it, that they will censor you. In other words, you disappear. So something that should have had... Hundreds and hundreds of views had three, if I'm not mistaken. So th this whole thing about this unconstitutionality, I mean, we know what's going on. We know that there's lawfare. Is there anything that, uh, with all of the people that come to Reawaken America, is there anything that you're seeing that we can proactively do to yeah. work yeah. against this? Yeah, I've got, well, I've got, a, um, let me give you five solutions. And I, I know they might sound of self-serving because they're hosted on our website, but I'm not trying to sell anybody anything here. Um, one, if you're just looking for a job that doesn't require you to take the RNA modifying nanotechnology shots, we've got thousands of jobs available right now where business owners from all over the country have posted their jobs for free at timetofreeamerica.com. And if you sign up for free, you can do that. Uh, so you can get, you can see all those jobs that are uh, employers that are hiring right now, people that don't require these employers that don't require the RNA modifying nanotechnology shots. Um, two, if you go to timetofreeamerica.com, we have a network of pastors that will sign for you a COVID-19 vaccine religious exemption. And that's something you can do right now. A lot of people call me all the time desperate 
looking for those. You can get those. We have a network of pastors that will sign that for you. Two, if you're looking for a – or three, if you're looking for a doctor that, that doesn't require you to take the RNA-modifying nanotechnology shots, a doctor you can believe in, you can go to timetofreeamerica.com and click on the button that says doctors you can trust. And those are all, all tools there. Um, but the big thing I think every American needs to do is we have to wake up our family and friends. And so um, I, along with the, the research of Dr. Tenpenny and Dr. Jane Ruby and other great researchers, I took all that and put together a book that you can download for free called uh, The Great Reset versus The Great Reawakening. And everybody can download that for free. And I know this sounds shocking for people that are awake, but most people don't know about the details of The Great Reset. They just don't know. And so you can download that PDF for free tonight. You can read it. You can share it with your friends. Just we have to wake up as many people as possible. So again, I just encourage everybody get involved. And that's why we do these Reawaken America Tour events. It's because we want to share the truth. But you, we have, I mean, we're talking hundreds of vendors. We're talking lawyers, doctors, attorneys, employers that all come to these events because they're looking for people to connect with them. Attorneys are looking for other attorneys to fight back. Doctors are looking for other medical professionals to join them in their quest to fight against medical tyranny. You have soccer moms and, and school board moms and dads who are looking for people to join up with them. So I encourage you, come out to one of the events. Come see us. You know, we've got 450 tickets left for the Reawaken America Tour in Washington, um, Idaho. That's uh, uh, coming up here on September uh, September 16th and 17th. But get involved. And if you can't come to one of our events, you can stream them online for free at rumble.com or find another event you can go to. But we've got to get involved. We can't just sit back and think that, uh, you know, the, the solution is going to is going to emerge itself. We all have to get involved in the fight of waking up everybody we know. Wow, I couldn't agree more with that. But actually, so so what I'm really getting at there is like, is there something else that we can do? I mean, I'm I'm invested in 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 some crypto and and silver. Is there other things um, maybe beyond that that we can do to fight back against this currency thing? Because this is this is social credit. We only need to look as far as China to see how this works out. We know that, you know, from the truckers in Canada that we, we see how they can shut it off. They can shut our bank accounts off. Now, I've had it happen. Uh, you know, if, you, if you're one of their targets, they already have been doing that for decades, actually. But now it's getting right up front. They don't care about this. Is there anything else that you would suggest to people, you know, what they could do with that? Uh, other than, I mean, just we, we, everybody right now from a, from a financial perspective, I mean, um, in the best case scenario, in the event that, that President Trump returns to office, he's going to have to get us out of the central bank, right? We've got to get out of the central right. bank. We're, so I would recommend you buy gold and silver. And I'm sure you guys have your own show sponsor. And I won't ever mislead your listeners. I buy my gold and silver from a guy. But it be, it, it's a bh-pm.com. So I used to buy from Goldline. I was very happy with them. Um, I currently buy all my gold and silver from bh-pm.com. And that's just because many people I know and trust buy their gold and silver from bh-pm.com. Uh, it's like Beverly Hills, precious metals. Um, the other thing I would say is you need to be able to have enough food to, to make it. I don't have a promo code set up with my Patriot Supply, but you're going to have to have enough food because in the event of a supply chain collapse like you saw in Sri Lanka, you're going to want to have the right uh, principles, the right mindset and food. Right. Mm -hmm. So we need to make mm -hmm. sure we're prepared for that. So I encourage people, if you want to learn how to grow your own food, we have a neat video we put out that you can watch at timetofreeamerica.com on the button called how to grow your own food. So I would recommend that you have the food, uh, your currency situation set up. And I would recommend that you are spending every waking hour you can waking up your family and friends. 
Okay. So, so I want to talk a little bit to um, in a little bit of time I have here with you about this actually. Oh boy, that uh, that that speech, the dictator standing there pounding at the pulpit with the the blood red background. I find it, you know, besides that it was disgusting, and he was actually it was completely self descriptive, which is typical of a criminal, right? Um, they'll always accuse you of what they themselves are engaged in. We already know all that, but uh, at least the people that are paying attention do. Um, the thing is, is what I found fascinating and interesting, and I see a little fissure here, and I just wanted to get your opinion. When the, when that speech went off, they actually, the they, the mainstream media declined to broadcast it. We were seeing it through other stations, say, uh, you know, some of the like right side broadcasting or things like that, um, OAN, but not not on CBC, uh, not, not on ABC and NBC and all those guys. Um, do you see anything else like that going on? Do you see any hope in that? I mean, I found that quite interesting and positive. Well, the positive things I've seen uh, is, you know, I, I did see that, you know, uh, true story. I mean, Joe Rogan did an interview with uh, Aaron Rodgers. And during the interview, yeah. he told Aaron Rodgers that he needs to vote Republican. I yeah. mean, that was pretty powerful. Um, so that's that's a, that's a thing. I mean, another win would be, you know, Zuckerberg openly admitted that the FBI uh, was trying to uh, subdue some, you know, to, to basically make the Hunter Biden laptop story go away. That's a fact. You know, he was telling he, Zuckerberg openly stated that the FBI wanted uh, the Facebook to censor the Hunter Biden laptop story. That's a fact. Um, Robert Kiyosaki, the best-selling author of Rich Dad Poor Dad, he's now openly talking about the Great Reset. He's one of the best-selling authors of all time. He's talking about the Great Reset. And the major media outlets, I think, were just so disturbed by Joe Biden. I mean, even Democrats are disturbed by Joe Biden. I mean, nine out of ten people have stopped watching CNN, uh, according to the last uh, you know research I saw there on the ratings. And I would say the average Democrat is embarrassed by Joe Biden. And so I think the mainstream media thought, you know, we can't televise this. We can't put this guy out there for the world to see. So I do see that as an encouraging thing. And I also would say Dan Bongino, the talk That's show. Right. Side, yeah. He came out. <laughs> To admit that he should not have taken the COVID-19 shots. He actually said, and I quote, taking the COVID-19 vaccines was the worst healthcare mistake I've ever made. So, I mean, more and more people are sharing the truth. And I hope it's, uh, you know, just enough, just in time. Right. Yeah. And he, and he was very clear, Dan Bongino, about that regret. He says, the most regrettable decision I've ever made in my life. That's very strong. <laughs> So, yeah, I do. I do think we're seeing stuff. I mean, I, I personally, maybe I'm just wearing rose colored glasses, but I do see that there's a lot of waking up going on. There's a lot of people that are seeing that, that the names that count for those people are starting to step forward. So I'm I'm positive about it. This banking thing of all the things that makes me the most nervous. This has always been, you know, where I started from was central banking. Uh, way back. And, uh, and it, you know, we know that the banking is the foundation of all of their nefarious uh, activities. So um, just everyone stay alert and, and protect yourself. Like what Clay was saying, please, you know, if you have any cash, put it into silver or, uh, you know, something like food, something. And, and, and I'm a pet owner. And I will say the other thing, and I live in earthquake country and be sure you don't forget them. Don't forget that if you get stuck, you need extra cat litter if you have indoor cats like I do or that you need food for them, too. And you need water. So 
you know, think like you're an earthquake country and, um, and, and be prepared for that. So with that, I'm going to hand you over to Timothy because I know he always has great questions. So I'm <laughs> take it away, Timothy. Okay. It's cutting out a little bit. I, I don't know if it's, if it's cutting. I, I'm, I'm having a hard time. Okay. So Clay, it seems that we've lost you. We've lost the connection. That's unfortunate. We're coming up to a break now. This is the other side of the news. I'm Timothy Saunders, and together with Annette Driscoll and Kim Thien, this is our 110th edition entitled The Fraudulent Reserve. We'll be back right after the music. It's funny because I think, you know, I went through my crazy phase where I made mistakes before the internet and before social media and before any of this, whereas now you can't do that. There's no such thing. So like you're saying about black and white and what it does is it stops people expressing themselves people are too frightened it's like you know i want to say something but if what if i use the wrong term but i remember a story a couple of years ago where benedict cumberbatch who at the time was a darling in the media's eyes was complaining about the disparity between the treatment of um, black actors and of white actors and, and he was sticking up and saying you know they're not getting paid as well they're not getting the jobs that they should be getting and there being, there is no equality. But what he said was, there isn't equality for coloured actors. Well, you've said coloured there, Benedict. You can't do that. And so they went for him and he was vilified and he had to come out and do a big apology. Now what it was, it was, it was a slip of the tongue. He's obviously not racist. He's actively trying to say that there is discrimination and he's trying to stick up for that community. But he was vilified and attacked. And that's what happens now. And so when people make their mistakes now, they make their mistakes on the internet. They make their mistakes on social media where they're screenshotted forever. And so I think that's all part of the conditioning that people are frightened. You know, if you're in a position where I don't know what to say, I don't know what to say, in the end you'll go, well, I won't say anything then. The fallout of this is gonna be extraordinary with that because people don't realize, you know, when you, 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 you're phoning up the police and grassing on your neighbours and when all this ends they're still going to be your neighbours and you're still going to have to live next door to them and good luck with that hello everyone my name's gareth ike it's been a pleasure to talk on the other side of the news fantastic conversation with kinthea timothy and anetta and i wish you all the best with a fantastic podcast So you've been listening to the other side of the news. This edition is entitled The Fraudulent Reserve and Timothy Saunders hosting with Annette Driscoll and Kintia. Uh, ladies, shall we, shall we continue? Yes. Uh, I have yeah. a question. I have a question for you. Why is it that some people refer to President Trump as President Trump when in the mainstream media he's not the current president? Well, we well, refer to all our presidents, whether they're in office or not, we continue to always refer to them as president. That's just, isn't that it, how it is, Annetta? Well, sort of. It, it is technically he's always president, but generally it's referred to as a former president. But because we have a situation over here where over half the country at this point does not believe that Biden is in there legitimately, then a lot of people myself included, 
refer to him as the president as in current, and he may well be president in men in actually really, but uh, because of optics not being talked about right now. So, is that to do with the executive orders? It one four zero six seven that Clay was talking about. No, that 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 order is actually the one about the the currency, about the central bank ah, yes. digital currency. Yeah. Uh, but there are plenty of executive orders. Yeah, and I <laughs> I haven't read them in a while. Truthfully, I'd, I'd have to go back to tell you the numbers on them. But they're there, and there is this interesting thing because uh, back in I think it was March twentieth of the the, the two thousand twenty. I'd have to look. But it's somewhere in March of two thousand twenty. President Trump uh, had had an executive order uh, about if we were attacked by a foreign interference, which basically was the one that put, could put devolution into play. And he said he he locked down uh, Cheyenne Mountain, which is the you know the the deep underground military base under Cheyenne Mountain, Colorado, and it was into lockdown and sealed up tighter than a drum, and it has not been unsealed. So it's interesting. He was said that we he thought that we may have been attacked by a foreign entity, and what he was referring to was the inter, uh, the interference of foreign countries. Specifically, I think in this case it was China. It had never come off, and that's really interesting because Biden has not unsealed Cheyenne Mountain, and there is a question as to whether he can, because the the commander in chief. In devolution, when devolution goes active, uh, is would be President Trump. So Biden would have no authority. And there's a lot of clues to this because Biden has not been able to send any troops over to uh, Ukraine, for example. People say, "Oh, there's troops." No, those are those are mercenaries. Those are not the military, the U.S. military. So there's a lot of different things going on. But yeah, he he shut that down and it's never been uh, reopened. We're still under that act of uh, war, foreign invasion. And um, we're also, you know, we've got a lot of other stuff going on that would indicate that we have devolution. I mean, I can go into more detail, but does that answer that? So, yes, what I'm curious about, you're saying that Cheyenne Mountain is still sealed. Does that mean it has people inside, personnel inside? Is it is it airtight? Are they running as if there is a, a conflict at the moment? Yes. I can't remember the depth. I think it's two miles. I could be totally wrong. It's quite a ways underground, and it was built to have a operating headquarters if there was a nuclear war. It has been sealed. No one's coming in or out. So no, I'm, I'm aware th- of that. Those people. What I'm asking is, are there people inside working? Is like a shadow government inside working, or is there a skeleton yes. working in there at the moment? And, and what yes. is your source? I don't know of that, that it's you know skeleton. That? That's pretty well been discussed from the Pentagon side of the point of view. They aren't hiding it. It's well known that that uh, was shut down with the people in it on March, and it has not been reopened. So that means they're still in there. Yeah, and the March Pentagon has not reversed it. No, 2020. Oh, really? So it was... Before, before the it, election. Before the ele- You're saying the people have been in there since 2020? March of 2020, yes. Mm-hmm. Oh my God! So th- this was known uh, way ahead of time what was going to be happening, and you know I have talked about that before about the optics of this. But we actually have had corrupt elections for so long, and 
Some people say it's been the last 20 years. Some people say longer. I say that I was aware of stuff when I was a presiding judge and, you know, unable to do anything about it at the time. And that was 40 years ago. So it's been going on for a while. I think it's just been getting more creative as time goes by. Annetta, presiding judge mm-hmm. of what? Presiding judge oh, of what? Oh, an, an, ele- an election precinct. An election precinct. And every precinct has a presiding judge. The person who determines if everything is up and, up and legit in that precinct. If there's any dispute about registration, voter registration, or who the person is. Of course, back then, we actually had books with signatures. We People came in with IDs. They had to match the ID to the voter registration. And we did not have mail-in ballots unless you had an absentee ballot, which you had to request, and then you had to have a valid reason why you had to have an absentee ballot. You were unable to vote because you were out of the country or you were uh, infirmed or something. So you had to have a reason to even request an um, a absentee ballot. But there was no, there were no such things as the mail-in ballots. And we, we know from Washington, ever since they put the mail-in ballots in, there's no Republicans elected in, in the state of Washington. It's pretty obvious. And that's since, I think, 1986. These things with, uh, with the executive orders that Trump placed in is very interesting because there are many orders that would be not so great for the Biden administration, but they have not reversed those. They've reversed some things. They tried to reverse all they could. But there are some things that I'm not sure why they haven't been reversed. Is there something in there that doesn't allow for the reversal? Or is it that he doesn't actually have the power to reverse it? It's a mystery because there's quite a few of those. And this would also, again, lend credence to the idea that devolution is actually in play and that he is, we're in a really strange place. And uh, this worldwide, too, I, I was, you know, at all the things that are happening right now. Okay. So the executive order, the one which I did quote, which is um, 14067, the one which is saying that within three months from today, more or less, that there will be a central bank digital currency brought into the United States. And Correct. if that is out in the open, are people talking about that over there? Well, it's a problem because uh, the mainstream media isn't reporting it because it wouldn't be advantageous to their side, because it's a really horrible executive order. I mean, really bad news. So the patriots, we'll just call them the patriots and the others. So I don't know, you know, I have other names that are not as pleasant. You know, they're, they're two very different groups seeing two very different stories. The mainstream media does not want to promote this. Interestingly enough, the fascist pedophile speech, the one with the... Um, you know, the red background and the Joe Biden, you know, the devil, yeah, the devil himself, you know, kind of up there stomping around and doing what he did. It was a horrible, horrible speech. Everyone agrees. I mean, really, really bad. But uh, mainstream media chose not to show their listeners this speech. So it's all over as far as someone like myself is all over the place. But the interesting thing about it, like this executive order, it's not being shown to the rest of the population. They are unaware. I'd like to add something here. Yeah. And that is the crypto investors are aware of it. I'm seeing crypto YouTubes talking about it. It's not being explained the way that 
Clay explained it. It's much, it's sounding much more benign, you know, like Mm -hmm. he mentioned buried in section four. The crypto market is watching it because it has to do with digital currency. Right. And they want to make all the digital currencies look the same, but they aren't because this one is centrally controlled and it has, you know, it has everything that they need to make you do what you, what they want. So they can, they can shut off just like in China or any other place where they control you with it. So they can say you can only shop five miles from your home and the card, you know, that the number will shut off or you can only buy this, this, and this, and this other stuff's contraband and you're not allowed to have it, bad you, or whatever it is, or you're over your allotment, you're rationing. And uh, it's a complete and utter com- total control. And, uh, of course, one of the things that's going on right now that's pretty obvious is that they're trying to make everybody so poor that not only are they forced into the new system, uh, that the, the, uh, you know, the Great Reset, which is hand in hand with the central bank, but they also want to take away any assets you have. So you cannot own property or a car or, you know, anything else. You, you would be, uh, you know, not able to. Everything will be stripped away. You'll, you'll be so destitute that you'll have to, to give way to them and all that. That's their plan. So, um, and this currency is absolutely a part of it because they can totally control everything from that currency, which is very different than the cryptocurrencies. And that's a, when Clay was on earlier, you were talking about you have uh, invested in some crypto and silver. And obviously, I don't want to go into your private affairs, but I'm, I'm interested to know why you chose silver. Oh, well, um, I, I chose silver for two reasons. One is I was too poor to choose gold. <laughs> I mean, that, that's, I, I just couldn't, uh, I, I couldn't have uh, much of an investment in gold. But the big reason I chose silver is because silver is, uh, it's a precious metal for investments, but it's also an industrial metal. And it really is used in every single process. Almost any product you have has silver in it. So it was, it's a material that we will have a lot of demand for. And it's also a precious metal. That's one reason. But the other reason is, is that the ratio of gold to silver prices. We know that they're manipulated. They're completely suppressed. But for whatever reason, silver is super suppressed. And what I mean is the ratio to gold. So most people believe that it's between 7 and 10 times. It costs about 7 to 10 times more to produce an ounce of gold than silver. It's 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 about that much ratio, supposedly. I don't know that we've been told the truth here uh, about how much there is to mine and all that. So Theoretically, uh, let's just round it off to 10. The price of silver, uh, should be 10 times less than gold. So roughly the, you know, I'm going to make really easy math that the, you know, gold went up to $2,000 an ounce just recently. So that would make silver $200 an ounce, but it's not. It's, it's actually about $20 an ounce. The ratio has been running anywhere from 80 to 100 uh, times. So when the deregulation or the, the, the artificial suppression of the price, I believe that silver will, will climb at a much greater uh, ratio or, or faster pace than gold uh, when this lets go. So that's why I chose silver. Does that mm. answer that? Well, that, that? Absolutely. And I think that when I'm 
I've been doing some research myself as well, of course. And, and uh, the other thing, of course, is if you can, in, in a future world where if you don't have greenbacks in your pocket and if you don't buy into the central bank digital currency, then to carry even a small amount of gold in your pocket would be potentially dangerous. Whereas if you carry a small amount of silver, then you could exchange it for sort of far more uh, everyday items than uh, the gold would buy you. As it's worth less, it's less of a risk, and it's more likely you're going to pay for bread with silver than you would with a piece of gold. So I'm, I'm being very, you know, black and white there, but it's exactly people that are investing, and they they don't want to invest in the larger bullion pieces because they want to have small pieces, so it's easier to exchange a smaller amount. There is that exactly. idea. What are your thoughts, Yeah, I mean, can you envisage? Uh, a, a currency changing so quickly, I mean, 12 weeks away? Yes, I can. Actually, I can. I can envision everything changing very quickly because I feel like we're on the precipice and the dam is about to break and there's going to be a domino effect. Now, I'm not a professional investor, so... I am not offering financial advice, and you'll need to do your own due diligence. But that's how I see it. So back to the domino effect, the markets, be it crypto or silver or the stock market, they're all interlocking, and they're so heavily manipulated by the whales, <laughs> by the market forces. and. It's inevitable that one changes, they'll all change, and it can happen swiftly. That's how I see it. It really can happen swiftly. And it just seems to me there's about to be a huge shift. I feel like the dark forces are going down. And when they do, the cap is going to come off. So in a sense, I agree with Annette on that. When that cap comes off, the things that are being suppressed and the dark is exposed, the light will illuminate it and evaporate it. Mm. So are you investing in food? Because one of the, the factors that we hear, one of the words we keep hearing again and again is the word inflation. And uh, I'm sorry, but from my perspective, my point of view, my, my perspective at the moment, if people are complaining about 8.5% inflation in the United States, I'm thinking, well, try 80%. How does that, how does that suit you? 80% is the official figure in Turkey right now. I don't well, know how you're surviving. I'm a very small-time investor, and yes, I have invested in some food not luxury food, but it, it would keep me going for a short while. Aneta? Yeah, we are experiencing officially that amount, but that is not the real amount. Everybody knows it. Everybody knows it. It's because of the way they calculate it. It's a very skewed system. I've talked about that before, how they have twisted that around. So no, we're not at 80% at all, thank God, because that's just dreadful. We are experiencing very high and in some uh, some things 
have come back down a little bit still. You know, I'm, I'm building, I'm in a construction project right now and lumber still is, uh, twice what it was only a year ago. Whereas at one point it was six times. So, so it has kind of pulled back in line and gas, you know, is up, of course. And I'm in California, so it's, it's higher than the rest of the country. You know, we're, we're, Biden is, is reducing that cost at great, uh, risk and cost to us because he's draining out all the reserves. And better yet, he's selling the reserves to China. A lot of people don't know that. Uh, here we have an energy shortage. He's, he's selling our oil reserves to China. We can see very clearly this is all intentional. It's, the corruption is just unbelievable, shutting down and, when he came into office, we were energy independent from the rest of the world. In fact, we're selling energy to, to other countries, and uh, he shut all that down. This is all to push us into a, a deal that none of us want. I remember the, the speech when uh, Trump Stiltskin uh, pointed out very kindly that Germany was far too reliant on Russian gas. And hey, yes. presto, it, it happened. So, uh, and look where the sanctions have uh, brought everybody as well. Actually, one of the things I've noticed in the last week or so is that the gas prices have come down slightly. And I've wondered, are they manipulating these gas prices because they don't want us complaining about their government policies because we are coming up on the midterms? When are the midterms? What's the timing? Because there are a lot of things we're lining at the moment. Uh, November eighth. So we're we're just over. You know, we're we're right at sixty days out. And um, I wanted to say a few things about Russia. So <laughs> so Russia's doing fantastically well. In case the mainstream media didn't tell you that, uh, their their dollar or their uh, the ruble is is gaining, but the whole they, their prices are actually dropping. They're actually having deflation over there. They're doing quite well. They are one of the very few countries that have broken away from the central bank. I have a few notes I want to talk about Russia, but before I go there, I want to say also that El Salvador had decided to use Bitcoin, and they are starting to flourish, even though Bitcoin's been devalued by the central bank, because that's what that is. It's all manipulated. If you think that Bitcoin's shifting around, no, it's not. It's the dollar in relationship to the other currencies. So... That's really interesting, and I think that's their biggest fear is that people will start to see what it looks like outside their illusionary economy, which is all better than you know what we've been forced to endure. This uh, well, the other central... the other points about the Russian ruble is it's not only out of the central bank, but it's also gold backed now. Right. So, and they're also working on a stable coin that's pegged to gold. Uh, Russians are so they're looking at a cryptocurrency pegged to gold. And there's a bunch of things going on with them that are really interesting. Russia's top banks have um, started lending out yuans. yuans. I don't know how to say that. to Chinese yuan. Do you know how to say that correctly? I don't. And, I'm not uh, going to go for it. Uh, okay. Um, <laughs> I yeah, don't accept gonna, that challenge. Yeah, okay. So, <laughs> um, so uh, but they're they're transferring Chinese China's currency outside of the Swiss system. So Russia's but has all of this. Chinese currency and they're, they're, they're transferring it outside the SWIFT system. This is a nightmare for the central bank. This is exactly what they don't want. And at the same time, the Russian uh, finance ministry has uh, considers it reasonable to create a gold yuan reserves. So these are all things that have come out this week that have to do with the Russia and the banking. 
So we're up on a break here. We'll be right back. Tonight's show is The Fraudulent Reserve. Our special guest is Clay Clark. And I am co-hosting with Timothy Saunders and Kinthea. We'll be right back. This woman named Violet, she's got a 16-year-old son who's autistic. And she kept trying to file for an exemption for the mask. And the teachers were, you know, they refused. And they were really right up in his face trying to keep this mask on him all day because he was clearly uncomfortable and agitated with it. Well, he got to a point where he's doing physical harm to himself. So he had to be placed in a mental institution. So Violet decided to go down and acquire the bond of her superintendent, her the assistant superintendent, the treasurer and the assistant treasurer. And this superintendent turned out to be bonded for $4.6 million per claim. So Violet went ahead and uh, served this woman a letter of intent to file a claim against her surety bond. And when you file a letter of intent, you basically have to list their violations. Then in this case, she had concluded that this woman had broken 27 state, federal, and international laws, including color of law. And she served this woman along with 10 other friends per claim. $4.6 million per claim. Wow. So we're looking at 40 plus million in, in <laughs> potential liability. So needless to say, the superintendent went on the run. This was over the Christmas break. Uh, and she tried to call the police. <laughs> she tried to get the sheriff involved and she literally went missing for a week. <laughs> oh my goodness. And uh, when school came back in session, Violet went ahead and served her in person. So six days later, so what you have to do is you have to give them this letter of intent. And in that letter, you have to declare what you want them to do to resolve the problem. So she asked this superintendent to one, drop the mask mandates, two, admit that she was wrong when it came to her son, and three, to resign. The woman did nothing. So on day six, Violet went down and filed the claim. And this claims adjuster really had no idea what to do. You know, they're looking around for the forms, like, oh, this has never mm -hmm. happened. You know, oh, right, geez. Right. And uh, so Violet went in for the claim. The very next day, they had a, a private meeting, but it was recorded with their counsel. And we have their counsel uh, on record communicating to the board of directors. They actually used the phrase, we should buy some more beer and heroin because you guys are in deep trouble. We had oh to stop gosh. all state and federal funding. They had to um, drop all the mask mandates. They had to start calling in parents to assist because they couldn't pay their teachers. And they left the superintendent out to dry with this $4.6 million in liability. So a week later, Violet felt quite guilty and she had gotten what she'd wanted. They had removed the mask mandate. So she went ahead and she retracted her claim out of a, a measure of good faith to let this woman know, hey, I do have this power. I don't intend to overuse it. You need to back down. Well, what did she do? She went right back to her old ways, put the mask mandate right back in place um, uh, and, and acted like nothing had ever happened. So Violet went ahead and filed another claim <laughs> because she can. And the problem is not resolved. And, uh, and anyone can do this. Anyone can do this. 
Hi, this is Mickey Klon, and it was such a joy and pleasure to meet with Kinthea, Anetta, and Timothy on the other side of the news. Welcome back to the other side of the news. This evening's episode is titled The Fraudulent Reserve, and our special guest this evening is Clay Clark. There's other stuff that's terribly interesting here. I think that wait, wait, that, wait. before you go yeah. on, I have a question about that, Annette. I'm I'm confused yeah. because my understanding was that Russia actually is trying to help us break free of the cabal, mm-hmm. and that the Chinese are, you know, that the two don't mix. So I don't understand why Russia is helping the Chinese their money forward. Oh, they do mix. They mix very well. They're both in the BRICS. They're in the BRICS system, which is Brazil, Russia, India, China, and South Africa. That's what that stands for. And that's a a money system that's outside of the SWIFT system, outside the central bank. And a trade Um, system. Yes. Mm -hmm. It's very interesting. Also, China is, they have a debt restructuring policy. And it's under scrutiny because more countries are demanding relief. So this whole thing is is really uh, shifting around. Deutsche Bank, the strategist at Deutsche Bank this week, saw the risk of U.S. stocks sinking another 25%. That's huge. Danks Bank uh, forgave debts for 90,000 uh, of its customers. Oh, my gosh. They must be desperate to do whatever they can to keep those customers. There's a lot going on around this. Also, China and India, the troops that they have on the border, which is near New Delhi, they, they are disengaging from the area. Now, see, there, China and India are on the BRIC system. So this is all tied to the money. And uh, basically, we're seeing the implosion, what we talked about, the implosion of the central bank's banking system that is worldwide. It's the Western central banking system, all the Western countries. It's yeah. very, very bad. So it's the demolition. Yes. Demolition is controlled is... controlled demolition. Exactly. <laughs> well, exactly. very bad, but ultimately very good, right? No, it's very it's the system's very bad. It's very good to have it go away. Yeah. It will be yeah. to our advantage. There, there's just so much stuff going on. I mean it's it's amazing. So I, I believe we're about to see a really big spade of CEOs and stuff uh, retiring, being fired, committing suicide. This week, this, I think we saw a start of it when we saw the Bed Bath & Beyond CEO get canned, and then his chief financial officer committed suicide, I think, yesterday. Seems pretty suspicious to me. So these, this is interesting. I mean, it, I mean, I don't mean to be you know, nonchalant about it because someone's life was involved, but this was a company that openly attacked the patriots in this country about election integrity. And they went after Mike Lindell of My Pillow, and and uh, they were the ones that started the whole thing of canceling his uh, products. And many other companies followed suit. And they have they're just they're just like going down the flusher and pulling the lever. So you know, there's a lot happening. The weird thing, of course, is it's just another confirmation that the media is, is broadcasting a completely different take on what's actually happening. If you go back to the start of the Ukrainian uh, variant, when the sanctions started coming in, my first thought was actually to open a Russian ruble account in my bank and to actually buy some rubles because yeah. <laughs> I thought it was a, a good idea. 
But I was informed by my bank that uh, I could no longer open a ruble account and I would have to come and make a formal uh, meeting with the manager in order to explain why I wanted a ruble account. Um, but if I had done that, I, I would have, my investment would have grown many, many fold in, in just as many months, uh, three or four months. It's ridiculous. But of course, if you watch the, the mainstream media, it's obviously the terrible, the dirty ruble, the disgusting uh, Putin and everything is bad. And uh, it, it's, it's, yeah, terrible thing. You should hang a flag on your Facebook page and, um, and so on. I mean, again, I'm not trying to be nonchalant either because people are losing their lives. Many people are losing their lives in this conflict, but it's not what it says on the tin. Absolutely not. It is a political war being fought for financial reasons. Right. And, you know, we've talked about for a long time about this whole thing with, with the Ukrainian situation and that this is not a war. It was a, a special military operation. And anybody who studies any of this would know that because the first thing you do when you go in and you want to take down um, your opponent, you take down the infrastructure. And the, the Russians have assiduously, uh, you know, avoided doing any of that. Very much so. First thing they went in was they went into that um, uh, nuclear power plant to protect it. And the Ukrainians are shelling it, which is incredibly dangerous, you know. Uh, so, and for people that want to say that this war started in February of, of this year, uh, au contraire, no. you know, au contraire. Look, let's look at what really has happened and look, let's, you know, see who set this up. It was Obama and there's Victoria Nuland talking about, yeah, she's talking about this and, uh, from the UN and all of this, it's like no, this this war and the and Zelensky's been killing his own people, the Russian people within his country the for eight years. Donbass. Yeah, mm. and uh, that's why Crimea split up. Crimea split off. All these kind of things. So people really need to like stop talking out of their backside and start doing some research on that. But yeah, this is. And, you know, the more uh, this is going to reveal more and more, the, the labs have been revealed. There's, there's a, it's very dark and nefarious. That's an extremely dark country. Um, all kinds of horrible stuff. The reason the deep state is so invested in, um, defending it is they don't want their, their dirty secrets aired out and they don't want to lose their money laundering machine. And it's both. And so, yeah, that's what all this is about. Terrible stuff. But I'm not sure how much longer it can be played out because I don't think the Ukrainian side is, uh, is winning. No. Uh, quite, quite to the contrary. And, uh, well, it- it's like the COVID business that all played out so far to the point where, you know, even, even people that previously believed were starting to disbelieve. So that's why I call the Ukrainian variant the Ukrainian variant because it was the new distraction in town. But, I think if, if this Ukrainian one, uh, chapter passes, then, you know, we have the, what's the next chapter? What's the next topic? What's the next, uh, subject we're going to be distracted with? And I think that some of the events this week are very clearly showing the foundations for that. Oh yeah. I think we're in for quite the show coming up. I mean, this is obviously picking up speed and pace. There's, Lots of communications being thrown out there from every direction. These speeches are the devil incarnate speech or whatever. You know, this has had a lot of names. The, the pedo Hitler. That's one of my favorite names for that. 
had a lot of stuff in it. So did the, the rally that Trump put on in Pennsylvania. It was really interesting because <laughs> this, this is rare. Um, Fox News was broadcasting the Biden uh, rally. And, uh, and I, I put that rally like as that's what it was, really question mark. They pulled out, they panned out the camera, and there was nobody there. I mean, it was a couple dozen people. It was ridiculous. And um, and meanwhile, 72 hours difference, there was over 10,000 people, and there was actually that, I don't know how many more outside. They showed the people outside that couldn't fit into the stadium. And these people were really, you know, animated, and the people at, at uh, Biden's looked like the crypt. They were all in the crypt. So we're being shown a lot of things right now, and uh, a lot is going on. Financially, a lot's going on, and, and a lot's going on politically, and there's a lot of mudslinging. And, but I, I truly believe we're going we're gonna to have a lot of reveals. I mean, I can go on about that, pull out my tinfoil hat. <laughs> well, the, the, other, the other speech, which I already mentioned last week, was the one from von der Leyen, the, uh, mm. the leader of the European Union. Uh-huh. And she was basically setting out how uh, Europe should suffer in order to support Ukraine. Europe should be cold because, well, there's not enough energy or gas to support. I mean, I, I think seriously, if we are to believe what the various European states are, are talking about, there isn't enough energy to get through the winter at the moment. So who is going to suffer? Are the people going to suffer? Is the industry going to suffer? If you take Germany, for example, it's one that I singled out myself is you know, this gas uh, Nord Stream 1 pipeline is now uh, being stopped. So they're, they're down to their reserves or what else, whatever else they can get from other sources. Germany is a massive industrial country with, you know, very successful companies. Hey, this time many you want to talk about, you know, Miele, Bosch, Siemens, Mercedes, BMW, Audi, Volkswagen, et cetera, et cetera. You, you can just list them endlessly. Very successful industrial companies, but if they don't have energy to work, that's going to massively change the face of Germany. And if the people cannot work, they cannot earn money. So dot, 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 what's going to happen with Germany in the next few months? It's well, also a I cold country. It's cold. Winter. Yes, it is. I, mean, <laughs> uh, I, uh, I think that they're going to see an uprising of the people. I mean, the, 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 there's uprisings. Going. That's another thing. The mainstream media is not reporting on all these uprisings and all these governments. You know, they didn't even, they didn't even mention that all the Japanese governments stepped down. Governments are stepping down all over the place because they don't want to, they don't want to talk about the failure of this, you know, this whole system. But I did want to say something really funny. I thought it was really funny. I thought it was hysterical. Uh, so I call her Corinne, uh, you know, cringe. Jean Pierre, Pierre, the one that's uh, supposedly the uh, White House presser secretary. And uh, she was talking about the situation with Germany, and she, she was saying how the Nordstrom pipeline had been shut down. And I thought, really? Is that the one next to Dillard's and Macy's? <laughs> you know? <laughs> I'm like, she actually said that. I'm not kidding. I'm like, uh, no, it's not the Nordstrom pipeline, okay? It's not where you go and get your cute little dresses. and. Wow. And that's supposed to be the, the president's secretary or press secretary. Wow. We're, we're really seeing something else going on here. So uh, she's playing word games, word games. She's, she's, she's that, I was going to use a bad word, but yeah, she is that dumb. 
she's really that this this woman is daft so you know there was an interesting little thing that came out today they had all these pictures of basically it looks like the freaks of nature uh that are all white house um people that they've hired because of their diversity they say well you know i prefer to live in a meritocracy where the best people get hired right not because you're the worst the weirdest freakoid you know that's how they're hiring people so i believe it's a show but you know that's that's me I'd like to point out that this inane stupidity runs across all races. In the town of Braddock in Pennsylvania, which at one time was a booming town of over 18,000 people, when they lost their steel plant, when it closed and laid off all the residents, its population went down to 1,400. Get that, 1,400. Anyway, John Fetterman, a privileged adult white kid who never worked a day in his life and went to Harvard and has been supported by his father with over 50000 a year, saw an opportunity. He dressed himself up in a hoodie with his stylish tattoos and ran for mayor and won by a slight majority claiming that he was one of them and he was going to turn the town around. Well, what happened? During his time in office, he attended one council meeting and did nothing to address any of the problems going on, especially the huge drug problem. Instead, he campaigned on climate change, art facilities, releasing criminals from jail, that's right, releasing criminals from jail instead of addressing the drug problem. He did nothing, nothing, nothing to create a functioning system for that town. Anyway, Fetterman failed demonstrably as a leader. The problems of that town escalated to the point where this town, with less than 1,400 population, the lowest population ever, now has a higher murder rate than Honduras. And if that weren't enough, he used that failure to jump to a midterm bid for Senate. On top of which, he had a stroke, and now when he's being challenged that he couldn't carry out this job, he's pulling out the sympathy card, trying to hush anyone who would oppose him becoming a senator. Imagine if he actually got elected as a senator with absolutely no qualifications, no success behind him, only a train wreck of failures behind him. But there he is. He's in the midterms for senator. It's hard to believe, really hard to believe. There's some other stuff too, you know. Did you know that the, um, uh, the chief clerk for the chief justice of the Supreme Court, uh, resigned this week? No. That, that like, that like never happens, okay? <laughs> stuff is about to really hit the fan, I'm telling you. Every sign is out there. Yeah. Yeah, that happened this week. So that, that's well, a really big deal, which no one's. Why did bothered. he give his, his reasons? 
I didn't hear a reason. Um, I, and in fact, I can't remember the name right now, unfortunately, or I'd tell you. Um, but anyway, yeah, that, that, that was going on this week too. So very strange. And cat is, my cat's working on setting everything on fire here. You shouldn't give them matches. I know. (laughs) (laughs) I know. My goodness. I'm getting attacked by a cat. Um, let's see. What else? What else? So on Tuesday, we in the UK had a, uh, a new prime minister elect, uh, I say not elected, not at all, actually chosen from the existed, existing elected, uh, conservative party. And she is a woman called Elizabeth Trust, who in recent times has been called Liz Trust, which I'm quite suspicious about. So on Tuesday, she went to the Queen and uh, signed her oath, gave her oath to support the Queen first, uh, Queen Elizabeth. So Liz Truss gives her oath to Queen Elizabeth. And uh, that was very fortunate in terms of timing, because two days later, um, the Queen died. So yesterday, Queen died. Queen of England died yesterday. So that's very good timing and lucky that that, uh, that World Economic Forum new prime minister was able to give the oath just in time because the new king, uh, King Charles III, is also a, a paid-up member, certainly an affiliate with the World Economic Forum. And uh, I guess that couldn't have been seen in, in the mass media. So the way that was coordinated is quite suspicious. What I'm also quite suspicious is that I was driving back from a, a meeting yesterday and I had a message from somebody I know in Turkey who's well connected. And he said, I'm sorry to hear the news. Uh, the Queen died, but it will not be announced for another two hours or so. So I, I knew that from this source at um, like 4, 4.25 in the afternoon, British summertime. And then it became official at 6.30 or thereabouts in British summertime. So again, I'm a little bit suspicious about the timing as to why why the delay. I even called my mother and I said, did you hear about the Queen? She said, no, no, she's still alive. She's fine. She's just under medical observation. I said, well, I think she's gone beyond. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not laughing at her death, but it's just, it's just bizarre how and why. Why would these facts be played with? Any thoughts? Well... I'm going to sound like really very tinfoily hat here, but I think she's been dead for quite a while. And I think they've been waiting to announce this. Um, she has not made any uh, public appearances. They've actually been pretty straightforward that some of the appearances she made were CGI appearances. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, we know now that they can do all this anyway. So we really don't know. You know, it's, maybe she was, maybe she wasn't. So the numbers are incredibly important to the cabal, and they never are random. For an example, her death is in September, which is a nine, and she was 96 years old. That's a 996. They invert their their numbers, so a nine counts as a six, so that's a 666. Prince Philip died on the 9th of April, and he was 99 years old. So there's another 999, and there you got a 666. So that's interesting in and of itself. But I find that it's a more interesting number to me was that 
The pandemic was declared as a worldwide pandemic on March 11th, 2020, which is 911 days. So that's 911 days from the death of the queen. Interesting because that's a really big day for them. And then another one uh, that I find fascinating is 1776. So the year that we declare our independence, the same number, 1776. And that is how many days since the very first posting on the Q Intel board. And uh, there's a lot of stuff about the Queen there. So the pretty interesting things definitely, you know, starts to look like hmm, this may have been planned. 24, yeah. 32. Yeah, if she, if she died officially at 1828 British summertime, then that would all add up to a 33, which would be quite suitable, I guess. Right. But, um, who, yeah. kn who knows? Yeah. Who knows? Well, I mean, I'm sure that there'll be people, um, you know, in, in the world that I run in that will come up with all of the stuff on that. And it will, you know, be amazing because they, they, they're smarter than I am with all that. And they, they figure this stuff out. But yeah, I'll probably be able to say something to that. Next I'm week. sure. I'm sure yeah. Richard Hoagland would say something about that as well. It's probably 19.5. <laughs> yeah, well, there, there is a lot going on with that. Uh, yeah, and he's uh, always talking about the numbers in NASA. How NASA's, you know, ritualistic around the numbers. Yeah, Na NASA is not a yeah not not a good organization. Um, well, well I, I think just one thing I'd like to say very quickly is that if you start looking at the number of leaders who are affiliated one way or another with the World Economic Forum, um, which is blatantly stating how they believe the world should be in, in a very short number of years from now. And it's not a good way to go, I don't believe. But I mean, if you look at the Ukrainian conflict, you remember there was a whole deal about Finland, Sweden, should they, should they not join NATO? And Turkey was blocking them for a while and, and so on. It's another whole conversation. But if you look at those young leaders, they're both affiliates of the World Economic Forum, Macron, obviously, mm -hmm. Trudeau, obviously, um, the Ritter in Holland, obviously, now the Prime Minister of the UK, also World Economic Forum member. Um, the new King of England, he seems to be quite pally, quite friendly with uh, Klaus Schwab and uh, certainly attended Davos on a number of occasions. So I think the UK, I don't wish to be negative, but I think the UK uh, has been further compromised. And again, I think watch this space. I think all these countries are taking their places for the next scene. And I mentioned Germany earlier. I think it's going to be an incredibly difficult winter for them. And with this new news, whether the Queen died previously and kept in the deep freeze as we amused or mused before, or she really did take her last breath yesterday, I don't know either way, but um, all things are possible these days with CGI, uh, then I think the UK is now set for the winter. And if we wind our clocks back to when we started this show, there were various guests we had, we interviewed, and they talked about how the the COVID plan was going to go on until 2023. Mm -hmm. Well, we're still here, and uh, 2023 is not so far away now. 
And guess what? You have your friend Joe Biden bringing in his executive orders for a central digital currency at the end, uh, December the 13th. That's pretty close mm-hmm. to 2023. Mm-hmm. So a lot of things were aligning and then they're not all good. I know you also believe that there are many good things aligning. So can you suggest a few positive things to sort of uh, balance out? <laughs> well, yes, um, I can. Uh, one thing is, is that the queen, uh, because of the Commonwealth, because of the way and this gets deep, deep, deep into stuff that most people aren't aware of. But essentially, the crown has their paws on every everything that's financial in the world. And the city of London is is there, which is that one square mile in London, which is a vassal state like Washington, D.C., and like the Vatican. So, uh, of course, when the queen goes, there is there's a disruption in all of this because... Uh, it's changing the guard, literally. I mean, pretty much, I think, I mean, I don't know. I'm not British, but Timothy, what do you think about the competency of this new king? From an American point of view, we don't think much of him, but what do, what do the Brits think? I think he's a weak character. I don't expect very much from him. And I think that's why he is aligned with Flash Schwab and, and his, his gang, frankly. I'm not, even, I'm not saying that he is a leader. I think he's most definitely a puppet. Mm-hmm. Um, so just a little bit more about the royal family. I, I, I was just doing some background reading. I, I didn't realize until today that the Queen's husband, who unfortunately passed away in 2021, he, he was actually previously the Prince of Greece. Yes. I had no idea about that at all, all the way through my life until today. Mm. So, uh, it's, uh, definitely keep it in the family. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, if we want to go down that route and the whole DNA thing, that's, that's, that would be a whole show in and of itself. But yeah, it's all connected up. But, uh, I di- but anyway, that those, those vassal cities, you know, they're all connected. All this stuff is connected. That's how they run the world. So the, you know, the Vatican is a spiritual, cultural hub. Of course, the city of London is financial and the U.S., the Washington DC, which is not part of this country. For anyone who hasn't figured that out yet, that 10 square miles is not part of the United States. Anyway, that's the military. And uh, so it was interesting because the Pope all of a sudden comes out and dissolves the Knights of Malta leadership straight after this. Interesting. Uh, and issues a new... Con- the the Queen, the, the changing oh, really? of all the... Yes. Uh-huh. And the issues a new constitution. I, I'd say we've, we barely, I mean, we don't know what's going to happen over the next few days. I'm, I'm thinking a lot because I know, Timothy, I know you're not a Q post person and, and I know I am. And, and, uh, but, uh, Q has always said, you know, the Q is about sending you off on a treasure hunt to go look for information. That's what that is. So anyone who thinks that there is just an intel. Not really. It's it's kind of giving you clues. But one of the things it says is the queen's a marker for all these other things to happen. And I need to go back and look at all this stuff because it's been a while since I've been looking at those particular things. But I, I mean, Cynthia knows I used to be able to tell you all the things that are going to happen when the queen died as far as the procedures and all of the um, all of the thing that they have set out. And there is this idea, the three days of the what are they called? The three days? You probably know, Timothy. There's the three days of mourning or something, Morning. and then there's the ten days of 
of something else. I, I don't know. All I know is that the flags will be uh, lowered to half-mast for I don't know how many days, and uh, the funeral is expected within the next two weeks. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure you know certain days will not be chosen, 9-11 probably not. So, uh, you know, within between now and uh, whatever it is, the 20th of September. You know, who knows what we're going to see. And, and yeah, that 9-11 is a big day with the cabal as far as numerology goes and stuff. So one of the ways that this organized crime system has been able to monopolize the media and has been able to uh, control the government and control perception on a wide scale. Is because it's the banks at the core and they've been given the privilege of creating money out of thin air using a technique called fractional reserve banking. Where the central banks backstop the money center banks to create money out of thin air. So when you go to get a loan, whether it's a mortgage or a car loan, that's not depositor money that they're loaning you. Uh, They just credit your account with some dollar credits and you're off to the races. And then you spend the rest of your life paying interest on a mortgage that somebody created out of thin air. And that's the reason why the bank is the largest building in every city on the planet. Because they're making outrageous profits by getting to loan money at interest that they created out of thin air. This is Etienne de la Boissy Squared, the author of Government, the Biggest Scam in History, Exposed. And some of my favorite conversations are the ones that I have on the other side of the news. With Timothy, Anetta, and Kinthia. Thank you for doing what you do and providing the service that you provide. Yeah, the connections are amazing. And I mean, the whole thing with with all the stuff with the money, I think we're seeing a major thing. There's also the idea that on a chessboard, and uh, this goes back again to the strategies and the art of, uh, I mean, the uh, law of war, and, and in fact, the art of war, too. The queen protects the king. So the queen has, has gone, and the king is no longer protected. So what's going to happen? Because the, the king is now Charles, Charles III. So now, what do we have going on? I think that we're going to see quite a showdown with this, because this is actually a chess move, and she's no longer there. I, I do think there may have been agreements made that were mm, things certain things weren't going to happen until she passed, and then once she passed, all bets were off. I think that's maybe what we're heading into. Maybe well, I'm wrong. Maybe I'm well, right. <laughs> one very practical point is that her her face is still on an awful lot of banknotes around the world 
So if they're all going to come out of circulation and then new ones go out with, uh, let's say, Charles's head on it in those 14 Commonwealth countries, for example, to say the least, then maybe that's a perfect opportunity to do it in a digital way. So there's some alignment, even from the conversation we've had this evening. Yeah, and maybe, you know, there's other currency systems that may come out. I mean, clearly we are having a collapse of the the central bank. Now, I believe it's controlled demolition, totally. I totally Um, agree. But uh, nonetheless, it's coming down. The question is, some people feel, oh, my gosh, oh, my gosh, the sky is falling chicken little. And some people, like I'm on this side, that say, you know, it must come down. All these systems must come down. All of this must come down in order for a better thing to be replacing it. And But what's the thing that's replacing it? This is the big mystery. If you believe in the orchestrated plan, that these things are controlled, that somebody's controlling this and this is all happening, then the idea there that they've got something else waiting in the wings would make sense. But we don't have evidence of that necessarily. We have some, though. Like, for example, those debts being the uh, the Das Bank, you know, forgiving 90,000 customers their debts. That's interesting. That happened this week, you know? Yeah, that that is that's pretty strange. There must be a, a really good reason why they're giving money away. Seems like a really strong indicator. They don't just give money away. Well, and, and, you know, we've been hearing about it in the U.S. and Canada, people having their mortgages forgiven, getting their credit cards forgiven, things like that. Not, you know, not talking about the student loan debacle because, boy, oh, boy, woo, hooey, that's a hornet's nest. Uh, but, uh, yeah, this thing from banks, obviously there's there's stuff going on. There's a lot, and it's just under the surface. I mean, we're staring right at it, whatever it is. So It, sm- it smells to me like... There's too much money in a certain place. They need to get rid of it pretty quickly. So how do they do it? They give it away and it's gone. Therefore, they don't have to account for it anymore. You know, it, it's, it it's be, pure yeah. speculation. Huh? One of the other things I was going to say, going back to the Queen very quickly, is that obviously her reign, this is the, her, was her platinum year, so 70 years. Her reign was pretty long and it, it encompassed all sorts of world events. And with her, the amount of territory and land that she has claimed to around the planet, it's debatable whether she owns it or not, but the point is has claimed to, then surely her passing may free up a lot of, may potentially free up a lot of uh, secrets or a lot of truths, because if if they, maybe they could not be spoken during her lifetime, but maybe some people will come out and air the truth. I mean, for example, you know, you, you pick anything from the Second World War until present day. You know, Churchill was the first prime minister when she was, uh, she became queen. So it's, it's a, going back a large chunk of history. You think what's happened in such a relatively short time, those 70 years, the world is completely and utterly different. I do think a lot's going to come forward. That's what I was saying about the queen protects the king. Now that the queen isn't there standing in the way of everything coming out. What are we going to see, you know? I'm suspecting we're going to hear something about Princess Diana. That would not surprise me. That's exactly well, yeah, where I, exactly I was thinking it. about as well. I mean, that's, mm-hmm. I mean, she, she was very popular and she died very mysteriously. Let's just say that. We've actually done shows before on, on, uh, on the radio. 
But uh, where she died, how she died, and so on. I mean, we can go through all the mainstream documentaries and media hype and conspiracy theories and so on. But bottom line is it, it looked like, from, from the research I'd done, it looked like she died in a specific place. And the doctor refused to let her move and basically let her die in the car wreck as opposed to trying to save her. That's, that's what yes, my and, take and is she- on it. She did die in a tunnel that was dedicated to the goddess of Diana. I mean, um, yeah, so this is the the whole thing is very stinky. The number of uh, lights that the city supposedly hit. There are also people and, you know, I haven't uh, gotten fully into this, so I'm just putting it out there as a possibility. There are people that uh, say that she actually didn't die that night, that she was taken and put into protective custody or something. So there's a lot of, different ideas around there but i i do think we're going to start seeing these truths come forward these people that have been hiding in the shadows they're going to get outed um and not just with the monarchy but uh but all over the world from all different ways because these people are the same people over and over and over again all around the world there's a little tiny group of people that are very evil very corrupt and they you know there's about three thousand of them and there's seven point what seven point eight million people, billion people, and these three thousand control the rest. Really, wow. You know. So, uh, by the way, she was the UK's longest running, uh, longest serving monarch. She had the longest reign. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And I, th- I think also, therefore, she had the longest amount of time to program all the various children in schools so they grow up. You know, with, with great respect and so on. I, I used to remember my schools, we used to have to stand up every morning, sing God Save the Queen, assembly in the morning. It sounds incredibly old fashioned now, but you know, I used school uniforms on and so on. And there was a flag and so on and so on. Very patriotic. It, it didn't really rub off on me. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's not to say I'm not patriotic. I am patriotic about certain, certain facets of, uh, British culture. The, the Queen obviously instilled a lot of confidence in a lot of people. A lot of people were programmed to respect her and to adore her and think, oh, yes, that she's a great figurehead and she's very gentle and very kind and blah, blah, blah. There's also a lot of people that think she's, um, you know, a completely different character um, all the way through yeah. to sort of not even being human. Um, yes. So there's a I full just spectrum. just going to bring that up old, old lizard breath. Exactly. Queen Elizabeth, yeah. lizard breath, yes. But, yes. But, but what I think is interesting is that while she had a big following because she was able to program and influence, and a lot of people thought she was, you know, a very decent person, that's not true of Charles, which comes back to your question, Cynthia, because I don't think he has that heritage. He is kind of the weak son that prattling around in the background, frankly, waiting for his mother to die. And now he's suddenly King Charles III. So that will be interesting to see if people will respect him, if they will, you know, adhere to him. I mean, this week I already saw in the headlines that all of the members of parliament have to go and give their oath to King Charles III. And of course, that means, I guess, all the legal professionals have to as well, because they swear, I believe, to the, the crown and the, the, the law, uh, the bar, and then thirdly, they swear to their clients. So if you expect to win every time, then go and do the math yourself. Uh, your third well, choice, if you're lucky. This is, 
this is interesting because the uh, so the the American Bar Association is the same. It's it's the British uh, accredited registry. Okay, the bar that's what it stands for. So they're all sworn to the Queen, to the Crown, to the Crown. Mm-hmm. So like, how does that affect that? I don't know. I mean, that's just a it's a rhetorical question because I, I have no idea. <laughs> okay, I don't know. But uh, uh, but uh, that's interesting thought there that that all shifts. I think he's going to have a hard time because at least over in this country, people think he's, I mean, I remember my dad saying he was a incompetent buffoon and my dad wasn't, uh, my dad didn't, uh, you know, say a lot about such things, but he did say that about Charles. Uh-huh. So it's pretty not, not, not too good. I think he's going to have a hard time. The the other thing that may also come out, Annette, is that if you go back not too far in history, then Charles was uh, connected with uh, Jimmy Savile, who Ooh, was yeah. mm-hmm. a special individual who was apparently a supplier of and purveyor of children for pedophile mm-hmm. rings. And, uh, well, I mean, if An Charles... An accomplished pedophile himself. In, well, indeed. Yeah. Indeed. Now, if Charles is put in a corner... It may be interested to see how he may be manipulated with this history um, or well, potential history, shall I say, in stage. That, that and his brother being outed recently with all of that. Uh, and I don't, we haven't even begun to see the, uh, we haven't even gotten to the tip of the iceberg on all of that stuff with Epstein and, and everything else. I, I mean, I believe Epstein may actually have been um, running a, I don't know which side he's on, I'll say that, but I do think that he was running a, uh, espionage and blackmail ring for an intelligence agency, probably the CIA. And Not most they, yes. And yeah, and was it was what's equivalent MI six? Is MI six equivalent to CIA? Yes. Similar. Okay. Yeah. So they're so they're all this they're all in the same bed. Um and I, I think that we I think that's what we're gonna find out. But which side was he really on? Was he working for the good guys, the bad guys? We you know, there's so much stuff going on uh, with this espionage, you know, the double agent, triple agent, quadruple agent, we're not sure, you know. So all these ideas we throw out there is like, oh, that's that's an idea. But um, and some of it we have more information and more facts to back stuff up. But we don't know that. You know, we don't well, know how this is going to go. Well, that whole Epstein thing was very heavily suppressed while the Queen was still around. Uh-huh. Uh, but that even that may change now. What about Ghislaine Maxwell? Whatever happened to her? The last I heard is she was given a 10-year reduction, and I never heard any more. That's, that's all for right now, but the black book still exists. And, you know, I have seen supposed leaks of the names on it for quite some time, for over two years. The same names come up over and over. So it's either the same leak or it's actually the real deal. That can of worms has not yet been opened. What we're seeing so far is we aren't, we haven't even hit appetizers. You know, what I'm saying is I think they're about ready to blow the lid off of this. There's a lot of markers out there. There's a lot of things in those speeches. Like I said, in the last week or so, there's been a lot of stuff thrown out there that, that really says we're going to have a huge show, a blockbuster. So, and a lot of truth, a lot of truth coming at it. And I, I actually do feel a little bit sorry for the normies that, that have just had their head in the sand. Because it's going to be hard for everybody, but it's going to be really hard for people that have been naive to everything and refuse to look at it. So we're at that time. That's my opinion. I'd say not just those who are naive, but those who are 
highly intellectual and in a sense very arrogant about their views. You know, that they're so convinced that they've looked at the data. (laughs) Yeah. That's going to be a real blow to their sense of self. Well, and I, and I, you know, we know from, or I know from the Q posts, you know, the suicide week. Are we at suicide week? Are we just at the beginning here? Are all of a sudden, you know, we know about the resignations that there's just been these you know, like 1,600 resignations of huge CEO people, they aren't resigning because they want to. You know, things are being taken out. Things have been happening for quite some time. And again, none of this reported. You'd have to really be tracking it to to even know that this is happening. It doesn't negate the fact that it has happened. Here we have this. It's like, are we about to see that? Or is the suicide, is is it from people that can't handle it? Or is it is it figurative and not literal? I don't know. I mean, I, I think it's, I think people are really going to commit suicide, but how it works out. When some of this reality comes in and the cover's blown for these people that have been hiding in the shadows, it's going to be a very unpleasant world to live in. Because people, especially with this pedophilia and all, when people find out all the crimes against children, they will not be kind to these people. It will not happen that way. Yeah, we're about we're about to have that happen. And I think the Queen I do think the Queen has a huge thing. I think that was holding the dam that she had her that was the finger in the dam. Mm, believe that. Mm. I mean I'd I'd like to sort of think of positive things about her reign as well. And uh because I've I've been quite slating, quite negative about it. But I mean from afar, can you can you think of anything that comes to mind where she sort of brought peace to a, a war or Peace to a conflict or resolution to something, or can you think of any events where she, or has she been totally inert and neutral, and therefore, you know, on the surface, I mean, she's supposed to be apolitical. Uh, I, I, but, think, I think she's anything but. But I was going to say, I, but she also met her prime minister every week for yeah the whole of her reign. Yeah, I will say there was one thing I saw, and I saw it today actually. I have to look it up. Maybe I can get it posted on the site. But the, uh, she, she actually did call for the, I don't know what they call the guard that plays the music for her. It was at Buckingham Palace. And, uh, they, uh, she asked on the, when 9-11 happened, she asked that the Star Spangled Banner be played. And it was very, um, I know, I know <laughs> that she's in the group that had everything to do with that thing happening. So this is kind of an irony that, you know, back then, but nonetheless, the people that were in attendance, the British people were, it was to this day heart wrenching to see the pain that they felt for the Americans from that happening and the, and the empathy that they had for the Americans, the British people, the people themselves that were there. You can't miss it. Um, and, and it was the queen that did call for the, the playing of the American national anthem. So that's one. That's one. Well, another one is uh, at a time when um, Cameron was the prime minister. He was not called to Buckingham Palace to dinner, but the, uh, the, his deputy was brought to dinner in Buckingham Palace. And I believe I heard the queen was asked him, can you name, I don't know, three, five, ten good reasons, whatever it was, why the UK should remain in the European Union? 
And within a very short time, the whole Brexit uh, movement started. And uh, it, that was an incredibly tiring, boring period of time. Was it three, four years? I can't even remember where people talked about nothing but Brexit in, in that part of the world. And then finally, yeah, it was uh, Boris the Clown who uh, was seen to be the one who made it happen. Now, whether that it is actually happened or if it was an illusionary thing, I don't know. But all I know is my passport is no longer uh, a deep burgundy red. My passport is now a dark blue and it's not part of the European Union. It's, it's, it's a British passport again. Um, personally, I think it's a good move. Mm-hmm. I don't think this centralization works at all. Um, and I also think the European Union in particular is, is, a, is a very ill-founded foundation, uh, which is gives the illusion of democracy without actually giving any any democracy at all. I mean, even, even if, a, if a member wants to speak on a certain day, they have to book it so far in advance, there's no spontaneity at all. You cannot react, you cannot be dynamic. Uh, to mm. other events in the world. So I didn't know that. Hmm. Uh, it's quite interesting. Yeah. And everything is timed and everybody is told to shut up at a certain point. So for me, it is, it's uh, a union that works for the people running the union and it's not a union for the people who are the, uh, the everyday people who basically keep it going. This is interesting. I, I didn't think about that until you started to say that. And that is that the founding fathers in this country, uh, when they set up the constitution, it was for we, the people. And I've, I've gone over this before about that, that all the power emanates from we, the people. And then the little parts are given off. And the so federal was only to unite, so they had 18 enumerated things. But the founding fathers knew that the same thing that you wanted in, in Georgia, let's say, was not going to be the same thing as the people in Rhode Island. And, uh, so it's kind of like the EU where what's best for, uh, you know, the UK is not the best thing for Spain or, you know, they're, they're unique, each one of them. And this idea to, to rule them all identically doesn't ever work, including on the states. That's why the federal government's at the bottom of the power structure and we, the people are at the top, but they've managed to convince us it's the other way around. It's inverted. But uh, the truth is, is our Constitution was written like that. And the EU, that's the reason I believe that, that things like the EU do not work for, for those reasons. So. No, it, it, it stands to, to reason. If you have a huge global network for the very simple reason that, you know, one country is cold, one country is warm, you have different customs, different religions, different cultures, different origins you cannot possibly expect everybody to be the same. And if you do, then the general consensus, I would, I would venture to say, is, is that would, most people would be un- more unhappy. But the more uh, you can go sort of local, people can feel more themselves. They can have more independence. They can feel free. They can adapt to their surroundings more. They can just basically reflect their, their local surroundings. And therefore, their, their general level of happiness should be higher, I believe, in quality of life. So I guess the magic would be to find an organization where you can let people be how they want to be, but at the same time have underlying rules and regulations that 
are basically put in place for safety as opposed to control. But I mean, that, that would be a magical event, I guess. I think the founding fathers had a good idea on how they, they, they had the enumerated things. One of the things was they, you know, in this country, uh, we have 50 separate nations. We have, we have sovereign nations. Each state is a nation. And at the beginning, when the constitution was written, uh, we had different currencies and they needed a way to have, uh, commerce between these. So in that way, a union like the European Union, can be helpful because you can you can exchange the same currency, for example, uh, if that works for that. But you know, and the idea also was like, well, if the British decided to come and overtake uh, or whoever, you know, an, an invading uh, foreign country comes over and decides to invade, uh, you know, Delaware, uh, they probably don't have enough to defend themselves. But if you have the strength of all fifty sovereign nations together then you have something and that that i think that's the the good parts of a union but the bad parts are exactly what you you just iterated there you know you that's why it's important to have each country be america first russia first britain first you know they know what's good for their countries the, the governments in those countries uh they need to be run by the people because they know what's best for them and well, it, then it, it, you know, I mean, also just talking about the, you know, I, I, I obviously I'm talking with bias about the UK, but the UK is surrounded by water, whereas a lot of European states are not. So fishing, sea fishing, obviously, is, is, is a much bigger industry in, in the UK. But of course, because it used to be part of the European Union, there were many stretches of seas where British boats could not fish because they had to stand down, go out of business and allow foreign entities come in and fish those parts of the sea because hey it's it's all shared in in, a, in the union and uh you know that that's absurd when you look at it from a, a uk point of view but probably if you're in luxembourg where you don't i'm, I'm being maybe black and white here and, and maybe a little, a little bit uh mischievous but if you're in luxembourg with no sea at all but you say hey i'm a member of the european union and i want to go fishing therefore i want my allocation of the of the north sea around the, the coast of scotland for example um, I guess that must have been possible. I don't know. I'm purely speculating now. But uh, another point is the we shouldn't forget where the EU came from because it started off, I think, in the times or just prior to, I say, well, my memory starts anyway, at the times of Margaret Thatcher. And I believe it was her, I may be totally wrong, I believe it was her that signed up to be part of the uh, the European Trade Organization. Because that's what it was. It was an alliance for trade. And then uh, you go click a couple of decades later, or slightly longer, then the euro common currency began. And I think it's only in the last couple of years, two or three years, that finally the European Union, with its common trade and common currency, uh, also now has a uh, financial allocation for a future army. Which is interesting. So a trade group now is at the point where they have money to put on the table to to form an army. Hmm. So things move in mysterious ways. Hmm. Well, my bets are on we're going to see a lot of movement and a lot of a lot of mysteries will be revealed in the next very short while. Uh, that's my bet. <laughs> okay. Uh, 
What do you think, Anthea? I could speak volumes, but guess what? <laughs> We're at the end of the show. No, yes. So many thanks to our wonderful guest, Clay Clark. This was our 110th edition, The Fraudulent Reserve. And we wish you all a good night. Good night. Good night. Good night.